The Truck Show Podcast, live from the SEMA Show, powered by Nissan, featuring the industry's best factory warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles, and Decked, the premier storage solution for all pickup trucks and vans. Holman, you ready for SEMA Part 2? Hell yeah! The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck. Cause truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show, the Truck Show, whoa, whoa. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Hey, that's us. So this is like uh, part two then. Yeah, but also like episode 95. It's what? Oh, it is episode 95, isn't it? Uh, we're getting closer to 100. But we also have some like bonuses and stuff that have been shoved in there. So this might be like in reality 99. We shoved stuff in there? Yeah, we sure did. That's what she said. All right, uh, so what is first up? What interview do we need to get to on the schedule? Well, first we should probably thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> they, that. They, they might. I was just so excited no, to get no, back no, in. You, you, you didn't forget. You just you uh, thought we already did that. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Because it was in yeah, the yeah, intro. Yeah. Right, but right. but just in case that wasn't enough. Right. <laughs> head we'll on some more. Head on over to uh, NissanUSA.com. When, when, when we get into your interview, when you talk to the folks at local inter- dealer. Right. Trucks. Titans. Right. Uh, Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm pretty sure that the Nissan interview. Yeah. yeah part three. Oh, that's in part three. Right, which is why we you know, we should make sure that we thank them for oh, yeah. part one and two. Well, I'm saying it's the uh, industry's best warranty Yeah, and, on the uh, industry's best truck. And one of the uh, most underrated uh, half-ton trucks around. Why do you suppose it is underrated? I don't know, because it's a hell of a good truck. It is way too good. Yeah, head on down. You guys need to raise the price, because it's ridiculous. You're just giving it away. No, no, they shouldn't. No, I don't think you want to raise the price. I think what you want to do is ask people to go sit in it and test drive it and go, oh, this is a great truck. But what if they have a truck uh-huh. and they're, they want a Nissan? Yeah. And they're probably going to get one. Okay. But right now they just need a storage solution because they need to, like, they need lockable drawers in the back. Who do they call? Uh, Nissan for Titan boxes. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, 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 oh I get it. But also our friends over at Deck. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Which will probably, are we going to get to that this episode? Um, I'm looking at the uh, the lineup here for mm-hmm. this episode. Uh, also, uh, number three. Okay, well then, what is this? What's queued up then? I see something about AEV. Oh, yeah. Talk to our buddy uh, Matt Felderman over at American Expedition Vehicles. As you know, we're big fans. And uh, finally, you fourth generation Ram guys, you got a rear bumper on the way. Okay, I've made it over to the AEV booth, and finally, my friend Matt Felderman is here. We can finally tell the world AEV does not make vaporware. That is correct, Sean. <laughs> is that, the, that was the uh, the going rumor for like the past 18 months. It you was. You guys are never going to come out with anything. All smoke and mirrors. And wow, I think you have pretty much everything everybody's wanted is sitting here in your booth right now. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Uh, this past year was super busy for us. Um, we have lots of new products for the JL Wrangler, Gladiator. Wait, I'm sorry, you have a product for what? Uh, both the JL Wrangler <laughs> and Gladiator. All right, you heard it here. Yeah, and not to mention the beautiful Prospector XL you see over there, yeah. which is all fifth-gen product. And then uh, not too far from here, we even have the ZR2 Bison with some new product on it. So lots and lots of good stuff. All right, so where do you want to start? 
I would like to start with the Ram. All right, let's go. Uh, we'll walk over there since we're uh, we're mobile here. And uh, fifth gen Ram. Also, one of the biggest things about fifth gen Ram that I'm excited about is the rear bumper finally. And it sort of has a, a bison feel to it. It's got the, uh, the the two plate or the tube that protects the uh, fender and the bedside, the bumper. It looks awesome. Yeah, we posted uh, some pictures of this up on social media earlier this week. Uh, it, it's been something we've been asked about a lot. And probably the biggest thing that everyone's going to want to know is, you know, will it fit my fourth gen Dodge? At, or I'm sorry, fourth gen Ram. And yes, it does. So this will be both fourth and fifth gen HD Rams. You just heard a bunch of people who are driving fourth gen Rams go yeah. inside the road right there. Wait, what? Somebody said, all right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, everything else you see, just to kind of breathe, breeze through it fairly quick, um, are, are basically all just updated versions of our fourth generation, okay. our fourth gen Ram product. So the fifth gen for us changed just enough to make us redo basically everything <laughs> ever so slightly. Right, it looks the same, but there's actually yep. a ton of differences in the body structure and, and the frame and all there other are. places. But at the core of it, um, three inch dual sport suspension. Um, this truck does have our new big bore shocks that we've been working with Bill Steen awesome. on. Awesome. Uh, um, we call them our XP8100s, and uh, we're really excited about that. Additionally, this has our updated version of the Highmark uh, fender flares, which that's really what gives this truck its look. Um, these fender flares allow for up to a 41-inch tall tire with only uh, three inches three inches of suspension. And lift. you're rocking 41-inch Super Swamper IROX on this with a three-inch lift and the uh, the fender flares. That's pretty awesome. Correct. Yes. Um, snorkel looks identical from the outside completely different um, once you get inside the fender so um, yeah that's been updated and then the most aesthetically different uh, product and probably the most notable on this is our updated front bumper super bad ass that thing looks so good yes and now it includes a uh, full face brush guard um, as an option and it looks like that brush guard you could, it's like if you were going to drive through pine trees, you would knock them over. Yes. I mean, the thing is massive. Yes. But it fits the truck so well. Yeah, it, it really does. And, you know, a brush guard's one of those things to a point it's a love or hate product. So we're not forcing anyone to go either way. Um, so we're really excited that people will now have the option to add that. Well, I'm telling truck. you, those people are stupid and it's awesome. <laughs> um, and then. Staring right at us are, is our new 7-inch LED uh, light. By the way, not private labeled, your AEV developed LED light. Correct, correct. And uh, yeah, full disclosure, we buy the uh, circuit board and what actually the diodes. But aside from that, this light is ours. You know, we wanted a certain look, we wanted a certain feel, and we wanted something that would match our aesthetic. So. Um, there was nothing Mission out accomplished. There. Yeah, there was nothing out there, so we made our own. And also wanted to point out, you guys have the nodular iron um, uh, toe points on the yes. front of these things, and they Correct. are beefy. They're, yes. they're so cool because you have your, your typical aesthetic of the stamped steel, but then you have these big cast mm -hmm. pieces coming out, and they're awesome looking, almost like uh, something that came out of like Star Trek or yeah. something. Yeah, and they double as a rock slider. Oh, yeah, I see bottom. that. Yep. And why we're on the uh, topic of sliding over things, uh, the new generation bumper also has protection. Oh, yeah. So it's sort of uh, like maybe the rib style that you see on the underneath a ZR2. Yep, sort of very like that similar on. to our uh, transmission skid plate. Very cool. And then you guys are able to fit, this is a 16.5 winch on this yep. bumper, so yeah, that's you really get a our, big boy on there. Yeah, and that's our recommended uh, winch for trucks. That, you know. 
Do you think it's as obvious to our audience as it is to me that you're an AEV crazy, crazy fanboy? Oh, dude, I, I love AEV, but here's the deal. Their stuff is just top top notch, super high quality. I, we it, know that. But it's one of those things where you don't have to you, defend you, it. No, 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 I know. But but it's one of those things where you have your brands mm-hmm. that align with your personality and who you are that you'll put your name behind. I, I review a lot of brands, and there's a lot of brands that I really like. And there's a lot of brands that I review that I don't really like. But AEV is one of those that has this, the same philosophy and aesthetic that I that I have. And I've always just really appreciated them and, and uh, as a company and what they stand for and trying to make everything they can in the USA and really high-quality products. I mean, I, I just love it. I didn't want you to have to defend it. I just no, thought I it was – it's, it's – uh, we've interviewed them many times, more so than maybe any other company. That's not true. And, Cummins has been on as many times as AEV. Uh, okay, okay. And there's plenty of Cummins fan, fanboys on here. Yeah. But here's the deal. They're also, you know, they were originally, oh, you make stuff for Jeeps. They're covering Bison, you know, the AV Bison, the ZR2. They're covering Gladiators. They're covering all the Ram trucks. So it's a great fit for the show. It's a great product. And, you know, I'll stand behind it whenever. I mean, just I'm I'm a fan and they do things the right way over there. You know, this heavy. And this this thing has uh, the rack on the back and everything. Is yep. that a concept or is that something that you guys are planning on uh, bringing to market at some point? Well, it's it's something we, we're definitely going to be offering on our turnkey conversions. We would love to sell it to everyone except they're impossible to ship. They're oh, one piece. got it. Okay. So we really kind of put ourselves in a in a corner there. So we're, we're working on a solution for that. But what you see will be available awesome. basically when you can buy the Prospector It's, it's a great looking rack too. It matches yeah. the, uh, the brush guard on the front of the bumper. And I love how the bumper has the lower hoop, but then it has the brush guard on top of it. Hey, what was the color of the uh, the Prospector? Because I did see that. Actually, when I went um, up Upper South Hall. They painted all of their vehicles the exact same color. Yeah. It was this really cool, like a uh, green brighter, was... like, like sort of like a, a nod to military green, but brighter. And it really popped under the uh, the lights of the convention center. But what was cool is if you looked around, every single truck in every booth next to them, they were all black. Like, yeah. why would you bring a black truck to SEMA if you have products because they don't show up well. I saw a lot of black trucks yeah, and, and then uh, it, yeah, the, the parts just disappear. Yeah, and when you're walking down the aisle through all these black trucks, the EV booth just sort of jumped out at you. It was really cool. It was uh, an interesting green. Yeah, no, like, it, was, it was awesome. I don't know what the color was. I know it was something that each one of those vehicles, because you remember I went to AEV a few months ago. Yeah. Those were all pulled apart and they were doing full repaints. I mean, everything was stripped. It was as if like your wiring harness, but is it a, is it a custom green or you? Yeah, oh no, no, no. Oh, that, that's okay. that's a custom AV thing that they did for the show. And in their booth, they had a a JT, a JL, a Ram, a Bison. The Ram was bitching. Dude, the Ram was forty one inch tires with a three inch yeah. lift. Yeah, I mean, it great. was just and with the I new love, bumper, the snorkel. The you were talking about the little things when I busted yeah. your balls a second ago. Yeah, the badging is really cool. Uh, everything is just it. Everything they do is is not cutting corners. And like Matt's told us in the past. We're not trying to be the first people to market. We want to be the best people when we get there, and it's worth the wait. All right, well, that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, Fourth well, and fifth gen Ram stuff, cool. Um, I figure we can kind of knock out the Jeeps uh, okay. kind of at the same time. Yeah, a lot, a lot of similarities. Of stuff. Yep. Um, so new Jeep products, uh, starting with the Wrangler that you see here. Uh, looking right at us is the steel wheel that um, we came up with. So this is a JL-specific wheel. Um, we have the intent on doing these for JK, JL, Colorado, and Tacoma. Cool. Um, basically, just to give people that like really minimalist yeah. 
Um, or rugged if you're really going to be taking this plate, this, yeah, these can, vehicles, you can pound out a steel wheel. It's not going to crack on you, right? Absolutely. And I mean, it, yeah. If you not not that an aluminum wheel will because you guys make really strong <laughs> aluminum wheels. Not yeah. saying that. But, right. but for those who are in the most hardcore environment who want to trust a steel wheel, you've got a hub-centric, five-on-five, right yeah. offset, all those things. So that's one of those things that people go, why would I want a steel wheel? But for those who actually- It does sound kind of archaic. Right. But for those who go on expedition places, they don't want to have an aluminum wheel. They want to have a steel one because if you bend it, they won't crack and you can heat them up and bang them back out with a hammer. So nah. being way I out- mean, they'll be wobbly as hell. Well, yeah, but at least <laughs> it'll, it'll get you home, right? <laughs> yeah, and, well, true. And, and here's the deal. It's like nobody's going backwards and going, oh, we have a bitch and steel wheel. But AV's like, we have a bitch and steel wheel, you know? <laughs> those things that, that right. make it proper- Right. And uh, and they look awesome. Yeah, and uh, you know, truth be told, these were handmade in Montana a couple weeks ago, so this is probably gonna be a late 2020 thing. Okay. Um, other than that, though, everything else that you see is looking really good. We have uh, two versions of our JL and Gladiator front bumper. Um, we have a stubby bumper on display, on a wall, and then we have two full width bumpers on vehicle. Um, stubby bumper will be available first in early 2020 full width following that uh, shortly thereafter. Awesome. Uh, suspension wise, you've already seen the JL suspension. Yep. What's new for this year is Gladiator. Uh, we do have our 2.5 inch uh, dual sport uh, XP suspension on here. Again, this is utilizing our big bore Bilstein shocks. And much like the JL. So like it's an 8100 smooth body essentially. Yep. yep. Uh, yes, painted. For everyone but you guys in the use rush, your own coating. Everyone so, in the yeah. Rust Belt. Yep. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. Progressive rate, coil springs, all the same. Everything that, that you're used to seeing on our JL suspension is really, you know, carried right over with the exception of the rear components, which are I love the uh, the trail rated replacement badge. Yeah, man. That proven worldwide. Awesome. I love that. Proven worldwide. It's all it's all about the details. What about the, uh, the tire rack that's in the back of the Gladiator? Yeah. Uh, Glad you brought that up. That is a in-bed spare tire mount that we've been working on. I love it. And you'll notice that this it's not only in the Gladiator, it's also in the Ram and the Bison that we oh, have yeah. here. yeah, okay. And it looks like you have mounts for either sand flags, antennas, or lights on it as you well? You got it. You awesome. got it. Lights, sand flags, aerials, um, everything. And it, it's basically going to be a common main structure with vehicle-specific mounting. Okay. Um, to right. accommodate tires, basically 35 inch to 42. And the the Gladiator already doesn't have a huge bed, but this it, this actually looks at home. It does. In it. Now, it, admittedly, so it's it's not for everyone, um, but I I think it looks the part for sure, and it, it really holds that tire securely in place. Um, and it so, gives you, so we're excited. Gives you room under the bed if you want to play with some additional storage yeah. ideas or yep, water sure. tanks or things like that. Yeah. Very cool. And I see you got the new uh, Savegre wheels on here. Yes, we have the Savegre 2. They came out a few months ago, yep. um, JL and Gladiator specific. I love the uh, the auxiliary lights that are nested in the back of the Ram bumper as well. Yeah, that's really a feature cool. we're really trying to incorporate into all our future uh, bumper projects. Very cool. Uh, the back of the Wrangler, you'll see that we have our, th this is a very production uh, representative so, rear bumper. So last year it was more of a modified JK on the JL to kind of yeah. show you, hey, we're working on it, it's yeah, coming. And you right. guys have been really deeply involved mm -hmm. in modeling it out and, and prototyping over the past mm -hmm. year since we last saw the uh, the bumpers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it was important for us to not jump the gun and just base everything off of the very first iterations that we've seen. 
because you know things change over that first model year of production. Yeah. So. Um, you know, our bumpers are very exact in how they fit, and it's very difficult to make tooling adjustments after the fact. So, um, yeah, we're really happy with, with what, we're, uh, what we're coming out with, and we will have different versions. Much like our front bumpers, we'll have different versions to accommodate the Sport and Sahara flares, and also the, the higher Rubicon flares. And then also you guys are able to incorporate the parking sensors and all that as well. Absolutely, yeah, that, that's a must for us. So again, AEV's coming to the table with really an OE mindset, but giving you all the aftermarket capability that you want, and everything looks great. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to see it all in person. I know uh, I've seen some photos and whatnot, and kind of snuck over to the, uh, the, the factory a few months ago when I was in town, and I can't believe how great everything's turned out. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. 2020 is going to be a great year. And uh, hey, I'm hoping to maybe do a little work with you. Yeah, maybe we can uh, get something going. I know, I keep talking about it, getting my jail, so yeah. we got to figure it out. All right, so on that topic, <laughs> can I ask you one like super important question? All right, hit me. Because this might, this might change what color I get. <laughs> Crest or Savegres uh, or Boras in spent brass for the JL. Possibility going to happen? It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> because I, that's my my favorite, and I know you only do those in like really small batches in the anniversary edition, a few that you had retail customers, and you know you snuck a few out there, and I then know. they go away, and it's like, damn it. And I we went out to dinner the other night, and I forgot to ask you about that, so I'm putting you on the spot <laughs> yeah, right now on yeah. purpose because I, I gotta I gotta know because what color rent or what color uh, JL am I gonna get? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I it's kind of a dick move, dude. You just totally. I mean, what is I he going to say? Totally put him on the spot. <laughs> no, because I, I'm curious. I, it's, you know, because AEV is like, talk about OE companies and embargoes, even though, you know, I help the brand to, to, you know, to promote it. I love the brand. Sure. There's stuff they won't tell me, too. And I'm, you know, it's like, hey, no, I'll sign an NDA. And they're like, nope, embargoed. Embargo. Yeah. So what's funny is I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe he'll tell me if uh, there's a way. So spent brass is like a really limited edition color that they do on wheels and they've done very small batches and very small runs and i have to figure out if i'm going to work with them on their parts i and i need to know the color of the jeep so that i can have it look right and one color might not look good with that wheel might look good with a different so let's wheel. let's say for a second that you are going that he will make one yeah the wheels in spent brass yeah how does that change your coloration on the the body it probably makes it harder but I mean, are you looking at white? You're looking at, I no, mean, no, no, no. I, I can't do white vehicles. They just remind me of contractors. So fine. You know? So what ends up? So I, my my JK is flame red. Yeah. They don't make that color anymore. They have one called Firecracker, which is bright, but I don't like it as much as flame red. And on Rubicons, the panel for the dash has like an anodized red feel to it, sure. right? But that anodized red doesn't match their bright red. And with the Wrangler, the body colors on the inside as well. So my OCD is like, do I really want two mismatched reds? Nope. And so I'm struggling with that because I I would love to have another red Jeep. Spent brass would look badass on a red Jeep. Mm. All right, so hold that thought. The other color I really like is what they call stingray. Stingray. Oh, I and, get it. And it's that non-metallic, like, concrete -y color. And it's super cool looking on that. Spent brass would look cool in a totally different way. And I w went out to dinner with Mark Allen, who's our, uh, our friend who's the head of design for Jeep. And I said... If I did spent brass from a designer's eye, will it go with stingray in your opinion? I think it might. And he says, absolutely. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, so either of those two colors, I could do it, but everybody and their mom had stingray at AV, and my buddy just bought 
a Stingray JL, and my buddy Mel Wade at Offroad Evolution just bought a Stingray JT. Hmm. So I don't want to have the same color as all my friends, and so now I'm circling back. Maybe I go red. I don't know. No, the gray is cool. And it you're not going to run into the, those guys that often. We go wheeling together. I mean, but but you're, listen, you're going to drive that rig every day up the 405. You're right. You don't need red. <sighs> Can't I'm promise Seve Gray, too, but I, I can. Four is a good chance. Okay. There may be a couple sets of falling into some paint. Okay, and I'm just saying, I love, I love the Boris too. We, I have them on my JK, so I'm not, I'm not opposed to either. Of them. I just love the spent brass. If you haven't seen spent brass, it's not necessarily like the centered bronzy that's really popular. No, that's bright. No. It's really gold. It's a very like weathered moody weather. It's, yeah. I mean, spent brass is really the yeah. right description of it yeah 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 it's a unique color um you know bronze has gotten so popular that yeah. dark bronze yeah you know it's it's uh hard to stand out so yeah spent brass is a cool like variation of that right on man well uh congratulations on getting all these products out it's awesome to catch up with you guys at sema and if people want to follow you uh aevconversions.com AEV-conversions.com AEV and then uh, on social. Yeah, social's the best place. That's where we're, we're always putting up our freshest content, all the latest news. Anyone who's looking for updates on any of the new products I talked about, that's where to go. All right. Well, uh, happy SEMA. Congrats on the new product line. I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Sean. Take hey, maybe this is a stupid uh, question. Yeah, uh, probably um, coming from you. I mean, I, I don't ah. recall being in a uh, in a shop seeing AEV products. Is it yeah. direct or no? You can get there's dealers all over the country. There are okay. yeah, absolutely okay. okay. So uh, on Facebook, they're at AE Vehicles. Um, but what's cool is they have a uh, AE vehicles. vehicles. What's cool is they have a forum for AEV owners and potential customers, uh, and they interact all the time on their Facebook page. So if you have any questions at all, usually within a day, either you have. Uh, customers and the... So you're hanging out on that group a lot then? Well, I mean, no different than your L5P group. <laughs> I like how you like to bust me, and I'm like, you're just as bad. <coughs> Rotiform. <coughs> uh, yeah. Hey, maybe I am a fan of uh, certain brands. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you might be. Yeah. You, you, I, you know, I just don't have a way to bust you because it's on your freaking Mini Cooper. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next up is uh, Craig Jackson from uh, Barrett Jackson. We talk about the... Uh, Basically, just the truck market in the auction world. It's kind of cool. All right, so I made it over to the Barrett-Jackson booth. I'm sitting with Craig Jackson, who uh, was on the Truck Show podcast last year at SEMA. And we talked about the state of automotive, especially trucks, in the auction market and some of the trends that were happening. I'm curious, in the last year from now, what are some of the things that you guys have seen? Uh, have trucks become a bigger part of the auction business? They actually have. Um, you're seeing you know, the 50s trucks, obviously the Fords, have been popular because of their looks, but the resto mods have continued to be very strong. And you're starting to see, you know, in Scottsdale, the the box trucks, as we call them, the Chevys. Sure. So box nations uh, going strong. Uh, but across the board, I'm seeing, you know, whether you put Broncos in it, but the SUV, Broncos, Blazers are all whether they're stock or whether they're resto modded, the interest in them is continuing to grow. Yeah, I mean, you look around the show at SEMA today and it seems like everybody has a Bronco in their booth. There's a few K5 Blazers from that the late 70s generation that yes. are pretty nice. And then of course, square bodies and C10s have always been popular. But I I was talking to Jonathan Ward who from, uh, from Icon 
and talking about uh, how he sort of single-handedly raised the price of the Bronco market because he's looking for all the old Broncos to build up. And I asked him when I saw him today, I said, where, where are all these Broncos coming from? It seems like everybody here has one at the show, including Ford in their own booth. It was, it's amazing. It is. Uh, I think part of that's the anticipation of the new Bronco coming out. You know, you see celebrities driving them, Simon Cowell, Lady Gaga, I mean, a lot of celebrities like those, and uh, you see them running around L.A. I think that that has helped fuel that. Sure. Um, so, Broncos cover a broad demographic. I think the X-Geners really relate to them because they grew up in them. So, you know, like the 50s Fords, that, that's more for us boomers. But now X-Geners, Millennials, have taken an appreciation to trucks, and they yeah. like the, the resto-modded ones. I think that's why the C-10s have become so popular. They were kids when those were new. You know, and I don't want to be one of those old guys. Well, I remember those were used cars. Chicken cane at them. Yeah, oh, those, are, those aren't real collector's cars. But when we started selling a stock one for over $100,000, a long bed. All wow. right. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> eyes are open. Yeah, all eyes are open. So, you know, I think that across the board, they continue to be very popular. And I think you're going to see that continuing. And, uh, you know, you've seen the Range Rovers and that with the Discoveries sure, yeah. becoming collector cars. Obviously, Discovery just uh, got shown for the first time, and yeah. I'm sure the older ones are starting to. Plus, yeah, Land Rover has their Land, Land Rover Classic facility yeah, in the, the UK. Land Rovers. Of course, I admit Defender, I must have been drunk then. They're uh, building them back to be better than factory condition if you want to send your, uh, your vehicle over there. You know, it, it is really the resto mod era, the rebuilding them factory and rebuilding them better than new. And you're seeing that whether it's European built, English built cars, uh, so American what do you think cars, for being trucks. a uh, a gearhead and being in a generation that grew up where the popular cars exist now in the collector car market, but seeing people resto mod them, and typically when you resto mod it you're taking a uh, freeze frame in time of componentry. Do you think that it's better to have the vehicles stock and unmolested, or do you think that it's good to, the rest of the mod craze is fine, but these vehicles will have to be rebuilt again in 10 or 20 years to get current with those times, or are we in the golden era and the best engines and drivetrains that we're gonna see for internal combustion engines are now, and that's what you should be doing with these vehicles? I think it's, twofold. It's same as resto modding any other vehicle. You're not going to take something, and I hope not, that's a rare or a super nice original car. Usually it's something that needs an engine transplant. Yeah. is pretty rough. It might not be on the road otherwise. Yeah. that it does, This is a second lease, lease on life for a lot of these vehicles. And also now I think the crate engines have come so far Next, we'll be building hybrids, and we'll be yep. building electric-powered uh, ones down the road. But now you can put a crate engine in one of these, and it can pass emissions, current emission sure. standards. So, you know, for states that are really tough on that, it gives the vehicle full licensability um, in all the different states. So that, to me, 
Upgrading the transmissions and that too gives them a lot more drivability. Sure. And uh, you can add all the creature comforts to them and still have that vintage look. What's your thought on powertrains? Obviously, uh, there's a number of really great diesel conversions like the Cummins R2.8. There's V8 crate engines, there's Elephants and Hellcats. There's EcoBoosts. I've got a 67 F100 with EcoBoosts with Raptor turbos. Um, do you see the turbocharged small displacement stuff taking off? Do you see diesel being more accepted in the collector car world, or is it still always going to be that big old V8, hopefully with a blower on it, making glorious uh, you know, noises I, as it w ruins tires? I've seen it multiple ways. So we had one that, what did that run off? Cooking oil? Yeah, cooking oil, yeah. Cooking oil, a diesel, so it was a real environmental, uh -huh. everything <laughs> recycled. I'm not sure my customers appreciated that as much as something sure. um, with a coyote in it or something yeah. where they could uh, take it out and have at it. Uh, I think once we move into some of the, you know, some of them are just crazy, putting demon engines and <laughs> stuff. I mean, the rest of the drivetrain, plus you got to think of the center of gravity, oh, yeah. how much horsepower and big tires do you want to put in well, a car? Well, and a chassis that's and the 40, chassis 50 years old. That's going to take 800 horsepower yeah. or 700 yeah. if the Hellcat engine. Um, you know, after 500 horsepower, it's sort of all irrelevant. Right. It's then into drivability. Because you can't really use that on the street anyway, right? You can't. And, you know, let's take uh, Kevin Hart, who just yeah, had that accident yeah, in his CUDA. Don't put an engine in that the chassis or the individual can Can't handle. handle. Yeah. So, you know, if I, I was just over in Chevy's uh, area and they were showing me the new LT5. I was like, ooh, I should drop one of these in. They're like, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. Yeah. Uh, so I chose a sensible engine to put into <laughs> the resto mod that we're building. It'll be everything that that chassis can handle. And the brakes and everything to match. And I think that when you're looking at a truck, especially, don't go overboard. Build something that is all you can handle, and especially if you want to tow, get something that's got good torque. Make sure all the other components can yeah. handle it. Otherwise, you're going to spend your time changing axles. Yeah. And, and one thing to do you just another thing to do everything on the chassis right exactly you know blowing up the transfer case is never yeah. a good time so everything it makes has a, to match makes a mess it does <laughs> and you know last thing you want to do is do that uh on a busy freeway yeah uh, i've done that on a busy freeway and it sucks i'll tell you that right now in a jeep so <laughs> it makes yeah. a whole hell of a lot of noise at 60 to drop a uh, a t case so you know for somebody that's been around this a long time, sold a lot of cars, I, I just, with the interview I was out with, was looking at a vehicle going in the auction. I complimented them on how well they matched everything together, yeah. the workmanship, and didn't go overboard on the engine they were putting into it, that it makes it a good drivable vehicle, yeah. but updated. Yeah. And that's what I really think Resto Mod should be. Upgrade the brakes, upgrade yeah. the suspension. Get some AC in there. Get, get some power AC, steering. good stereo, yeah. comfortable seats. Yeah. So you can enjoy it on Sunday. You can enjoy it, and if you take it off-road, it's not going to ride like a stagecoach, yeah. and you're not going to hurt yourself. You know, these are cars, vehicles that we want to use to have fun with, and to do that, you need to come back. Yeah. And yeah. that's Agreed. what I think is something 
as you look at all these crazy crate engines that are coming out. <laughs> You're just, just hoping people are responsible with uh, what they put them in. Absolutely. And I think also putting something in that you can get enough mileage out of it to have fun. Yeah. Um, and you've got to balance everything as you're building these. And as we look at some of these resto mods that are built, you think, okay, that was a great show car, but this is something I'm not, yeah. I would never drive it. And I think that, you know, it's great to build a car for SEMA that looks like it's a Hot Wheels car, but yeah. to actually take it out and drive it and use it is well, a whole other you know, deal. Walking around some of the show cars, I, I appreciate the ones that still have that vintage aesthetic. Some people, you know, fiberglass over everything or cover all the the lights and then the whole dash is modern with screens and it just to me it's like okay it's cool but almost looks like a a caricature of itself rather than being That's a what better I meant version by the hot wheels yeah. thing there's tasteful ways so the sure. resto mod we're doing right now you won't be able to tell we've done anything to it unless you pop the hood open yeah. and then you're going to have to really look at that's it that's very cool so you know we're going to put an lt in it but we're going to put the 427 cover back yeah. over okay. it so it looks like a big nice. block in it but it'll have a true 427 cubic inch uh -huh. displacement uh -huh. but it's a ls7 very cool but it will be dependable run on pump gas and I think in, when you're putting something in a truck, you got to make sure everything else matches. Yeah. And when you do the dash, if you want to put something in that's a little more updated, put something in, but something that's tasteful to the era. Sure. And that's that point that you can upgrade everything. And the nice thing is, as you walk around SEMA, and as I was talking to uh, the different engine makers, is everything now if you really think it out can plug and play yeah and if you want to do it at home just make you, sure you, you get stuff that's compatible yep. with everything else yep. especially with can bus because there's actually a couple different uh standards for can bus and they don't talk to each other necessarily and and when you're dealing with 80s cars if you're still trying to deal with not changing the dash and stuff like yeah. that so you know, now there's a, just a lot more work that's been done for you if you ask the right questions, yeah. if you... Well, and the internet helps too because you can see where other people have stumbled before and learn from the mistakes of other home builders and, and shops and things like that, which I think, you know, has probably really only happened at the scale in the last five to 10 years. I mean, I think from the magazine side, we would post stories and whatnot, but unless you had a good shop or a car club or people that, you know, in the past, there wasn't really a way to share those types of things. What about uh, mini trucks? I mean, obviously mini trucks from the, the mid 70s to the early 90s are a thing. There's a, a lot, of, quite a lot of Gen Xers who grew up with that as their first vehicle. There's the mini truck movement. I don't necessarily uh, mean it as you know the mini truck style, but those trucks in general, are you starting to see the Toyota 4x4s and the Nissan hard bodies? Yes, and we are, especially in stock configuration. Yeah. The Toyota pickup trucks of the early 80s have the, been the doing... The Back to the Future Biff's truck, yeah, right? Yeah, have been doing very well. Um, what do those go for? A clean example, like an extended cab 4x4. What did we sell that one for in Vegas? We sold two of those, the brown uh, Toyotas. Is it in the 60s, I think, that Whoa. Oh, I'm guessing it probably had low miles, all it original. It was an all original. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing that they're that going up. for that now. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And you are seeing those, the whole Japanese movement, because that is a whole generation that grew up in those. Yeah. I'm one of them. I used yeah. to drive uh, a Datsun pickup truck. It was our shop truck. 
And after I blew up my car, drag racing, uh, that's what I got to drive for a while. I taught myself to drive stick as a parts driver for a Honda dealership in a Toyota pickup truck. Yeah, they asked was our me, shop runner. I was 17 and they said, do you know how to drive stick? And I said, sure do. And I taught myself that day. Yeah, I used to power shift that thing. I mean, I, I beat the heck out of it and it took it. Awesome. So when's the next uh, auction coming up for you? It is uh, Scottsdale. There we go. 11th right. through the 19th. January 11th through 19th, followed by Palm Beach, April 16th through 18th. So those are the uh, the next six months. And then if people uh, want to check you guys out, it's barrett-jackson.com. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your time. I know you're busy at SEMA this year. Hopefully you've had a, a good crowd in the booth. It seems like the vibe this year is really upbeat and people are really excited about the automotive yeah, and industry. and we have some great cars, I mean, selling the Paul Walker collection, which includes a couple of trucks in the Paul Walker uh collection and we can find those check those out on the website yes absolutely all right uh, Craig. thank you thank you very much dude seriously paul walker yeah they're auctioning off his cool. no what i'm saying is dude paul walker you found out at the very end of the interview like i would have focused on that should have been well, yeah game. but then we would have had like an hour interview here's the deal we'll have craig come back on prior to the january auction if you want to hear more about paul walker of course truck. i do all right we'll set it up okay who do you have next uh you'll just like this one i'm not going to tell you all right, so uh, my co-host Lightning doesn't know this, but I'm actually in his booth right now with uh, <laughs> the one and only Gail Banks. And uh, since you know he has to work, and you have him chained to uh, this table, you know what's funny is that I didn't know that you were there until you were just wrapping up. No, I know everybody kept looking behind their shoulders, including Gail, going, "I don't know where he is." People were like trying to find you, and I'm like, "What do you mean? I was standing where you were under no, the no, giant no, iDash no, on you, the wall." No, yeah, you were in the back. You were in that little room behind the iDash. I was. Yeah, and so that's how long I was there for. So everybody kept be, you know, motioning to me, like, "Do you want me to get Jay?" And I'm like, "No, no, we're just <laughs> we're gonna do this before he comes over and ruins Most it." Most of the day, yeah. I ruins it. Most of the day, yes. I have to take it on myself to do all the interviews, and I went, you know, we haven't talked to Gail yet, so exactly. Happy SEMA. Happy SEMA to you. I'm, I, I talked about I, you a lot this week. Oh man, my ears are burning. I did a uh, Brew Talks panel yesterday. That I was hosting with uh, Corky Coker. Yeah. And Barry McGuire. Yeah. And Amy Falk. <laughs> and it was great. They were awesome. Just yes. a good, great group of people. Yeah, we're talking about mentorship like last year, and so mm -hmm. your name may have come up once or twice. Yes. But so talk to me about uh, your booth. You have this uh, hell of a contraption sitting here, and we've been talking about it for what seems like I don't know a year, but it's here over in Asima. a year. Yeah. Actually, over a year. Yeah, this is our new uh, Ram Air diff cover. It, it actually does good things. You know, Lightning kind of came out and said, "Hey, I want to do a Banks diff cover." I want a brand on the rear ends, like everybody. And everybody. then you told him, get the hell out of my office, kid. Well, what happened was he got the guys in the CAD room to actually print a flat back design. So here, here we have this model, and I'm looking at this, and I'm going, wait a minute. What about the fluid dynamics? I don't, I don't like the vibe of these things. See, you let the kids loose for a little while, and what do they do? Well, yeah. <laughs> It's been all of a year, uh, more than that, actually, because once I figured out what I wanted to do with the fluid dynamics, I realized if I put uh, all the fins in the world on the back of this thing, there's dead air there. Right. It can't radiate the well, heat. Well, and you so, recognize that the flat back actually ruins the, when you talk about fluid dy dynamics for the common guy out there, it ruins the flow of the oil around the bearings and the ring and pinion and causes turbulence within 
the housing. It, it heats the oil. It's supposed to cool it. They actually cause turbulence. Anytime you do work to the oil, causes heat. Sure. That, that's how the work manifests itself. The other thing is, if you make the oil turbulent, you, air, you aerate it. Yeah. And if you aerate it, the bearing life and especially the ring and pinion life are actually reduced. Sure. So if you do the cover wrong... It's <laughs> worse than the stock it, cover you had on there. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of looked at, how do the stock guys do it? You can't assume that these guys who have met, made a few million of these axles <laughs> and they're in the, the heavy-duty trucks, all the Dodge, Ram... GM, GMC, Chevy. Yeah. They all use this American axle, uh, which is either a 10 and a half inch ring gear or a 10.8 inch. And 2020 Duramax, it's a 12 inch ring gear. Yeah, they're massive on the new Yeah, trucks. did I say 10? I'm at 11.5, 11.8. Yeah. Yeah, they're massive and a new bolt pattern, so we're going to do a 2020. But first, we're doing the Sterling axle, the sure, Fords. The Fords, yep. Yeah. So the whole idea is do no harm and honor the stock fluid dynamics and then improve on that. That's what hot rodding's all, all about. That, that's my career. Well, I, I'm really impressed yeah. with the aesthetic that came out because it's a badass looking cover. And I don't know yeah. that when the project was started, because I was sort of in the periphery when it was going on, you know, I, I, I remember the original drawings and stuff, mm -hmm. and I don't think that it didn't At look that point, like this. No, you, I don't no. think you would have ever ended up with this. And this is almost an iconic design that you ended well, up thank with. Thank you. I drove the design myself, mainly because I, I wanted to get over 800 square inches of radiating surface. Sure. And then I wanted to air cool it with the scoops. So that, I think if for people who haven't seen it, we'll post it up on the uh, Instagram at Truck Show Podcast. But the uh, think of the the a common diff cover. Uh, that's that's finned, but in the corners it drops down like ears, and there's scoops that draw air from the bottom of the axle up through the fins so that you get cooling. Because traditionally on an axle, you guys had done uh, wind testing and a, right, we anemometer anemometers, yeah, yeah, and found out that there's actually a low pressure zone of de dead air behind the axle. So even with those fin diffs, you weren't actually getting air to go over it the doesn't fins. Doesn't couple to the air. Yeah. We're blowing the air vertically up through the fins. And filling. How far does it go? Have you been able to measure that? It goes higher than the sump area. Uh-huh. Okay. So, but you're communicating and flowing the heat down through the fins sure. into the lower area as well. So I'd love to have it go all the way to the top. I can't put that much air scoop on the bottom. Right. Well, then you start but losing ground clearance and, you know, taking away from being a truck, I'm sure. We had a guy in here today. He runs the same truck with a big trailer behind it with a jeep on it up the same grade all the time and he had a competitive diff cover with a temp sensor in it this is the, the oh that, that's your guy the, yeah, he, he probably knows more about it than anybody else exactly. other than you and he told john espino here 50 degrees your diff cover is 50 degrees cooler yeah. Than the competitors was. I, I I believe it, and I've so, seen all your tests. You go to do, uh, to the Banks Power uh, YouTube channel, right, and you, or Facebook, and you can see all the videos that were done. And, yeah. And you can actually watch. You guys did took some of the clear polycarbonate um, covers that used to be in the off-road industry, but used them so that you could see what's happening on the inside. And yeah. There's and a whole we, series. And we, it's very we also cool. made a, 
uh, our own clear flatback. So. so what has the response been from people who are seeing it in person for the first time or people who didn't even know that this was a problem in the industry? You basically are solving an existing problem that not many people know about. Well, we're communicating it. Uh, our Facebook and our, uh, our current final video, there's five of them over a year or so, the current video uh, is over 200,000 views. We put it up a few days ago. Most of the people here haven't even seen it. Yeah. So I think it's going to go pretty viral. That one video, if you watch it all the way through, you'll know everything I know. Well, I'll, so. I'll tell you um, what's most impressive is this is yet one more uh, addition to your patent portfolio. Got the patent on October the 15th. How many patents is that do you have now? Close to 20. Wow. I've lost count, actually. <laughs> I filed two this week. All right. Well, let us, while, I'm, while I'm at SEMA. Let us know when, the, when those get through. I actually wrote one of them over dinner Did you, two was, nights ago. Was one of your patents to uh, to make sure there are no more stupid trucks at SEMA? Oh, well, I, no, no, no. <laughs> we don't want that. We, we, we want to see outrageous and stupid. Okay. Yeah. Some people call them stupid. I call them cool. Nah, everything's you know, cool. You can appreciate John, everything. I mean, I it might be it. wacky, not your style, but we, we can appreciate everything. Exactly, and I yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, I see some stuff, I go, well, I'd never do that. <laughs> yeah. but, but it was done very cool. So. Hey, but it has a Banks diff cover on it, so it's oh, okay by me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to look underneath. You know what's cool is guys coming around telling me, there's a truck up there with one of your diff covers. I'm going there all over the place. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen yeah. a few in my in, in my travels. So, all right, well, we're going to have you back on the show probably uh, either at the shop or in studio so we can have a deeper dive. We've all had right. your, your episode is in our top, I believe, six or eight all time yeah. out of our hundred or so well, let's episodes. Do, let's do one that does better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll get you back. We'll get you number one. But uh, people have been asking to have more Gail on and tell stories about coming up in the industry. So we will definitely have you back on. Congratulations right. on the success of the new diff cover and congrats on the patent. You got it. And I'll see you at breakfast next Tuesday. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Gail Banky? Uh, Who's that? No, no, no. It's, I'm not uh, familiar with that gentleman. Bale Ganks. Bale Ganks. Bale Ganks. Got it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. got it. And what does he do? Uh, he works He's over at... Small, uh, small trucks, Toyotas? Gangs Tower. Like Gangs Tower. Yeah, got Gang, it. Gangs Tower. Okay. Uh, they do, I don't know what they do, some sort of... Uh, 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 I think they do... And they, what, is this, the, what does this TIFF cover do? It has It has like fins or something? No, right? no, no, no. That that would be... Uh, are you talking about the fifth cover? Yeah. The, yeah. yeah, it's a fin diff cover? Yeah. It's fifth, fifth cover? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I guess I need to see that in person. You should go, you should go to gang, <laughs> Gangs Power. Gangs Tower dot... I don't know. Uh, yeah, moving right along. All right, so what's uh, next? All right, so uh, in the world of rooftop tents, uh, every fabric <laughs> tent imaginable, yeah. there was a... Man, ma there were a lot of them there. There was a massive Super Duty mm -hmm. with a big old slide-in camper that had a slide-out in it in the middle of the Overland area, and I'm like, well, that thing's kind of cool. Other than being super tall, I'm like, it's overlanding with a toilet. So uh, our friends over at Lance Campers, uh, they're actually out here in the high desert. Oh. Um, they build them here. And uh, they kind of have some models of slide-in campers that are ruggedized, but give you all the comforts of home mm -hmm. for uh, people who want to go off-roading and don't want to give up their toilets. So I'm like, let's uh, let's interview those guys. All right, so here I am over in the Overland Experience area, and uh, came across some old friends, Lance Campers, and we used to do stuff with them a long time ago. Haven't done anything with them in a while, and I see this big old was the F250, F350 with a big Lance slide-in camper. Next to a bunch of like uh, piddly little uh, rooftop tents, and I went, "Oh, I should probably go over there and see what you guys are up to." So, 
I know you guys have been in the sliding camper space for a long time, yeah. but it seems like you've been pivoting more toward adventure and trying to capture maybe that overland spirit for somebody who wants something a little more solid to live out of. And, and what has that pivot been like with overlanding? And I'm not going to say the advent of overlanding because, of course, we've all been doing it for, you know, it forever. We just call it something different. Right, exactly. Yeah, car camping or whatever. Off road camping. Yeah, right? off road camping. You yeah. guys have been doing it forever, but how has the off road industry changed with overlanding becoming so prominent and what has it done for your products and, yeah. and by the way i'm with bob rogers and jim waters from lance yeah absolutely great question you know we've seen a, the trend just switch to us and for what it's doing is bringing a younger demographic basically because our typical demographic for the last 54 years you know has been that 55 to 75 year old uh couple that wanted to get a truck camper and pull their horse trailer or their jeep sure, trailer yeah. or whatever so it's brought a younger demographic into the into the fold and it's a great alternative to a van life kind of situation and a lot of people get into the overlanding or van life and just realize that hey i'd love to have a bathroom yeah i might like <laughs> to have some heat yeah you know stuff like that so it's been really cool so talk about the camper we're in now um i don't know what model it is yeah. but we're sitting at your dining room table you've yep. got a shower and a uh, toilet all that good stuff you got actually a really nice looks like a three burner stove a microwave yeah. uh, i'm guessing that's probably a queen size mattress back there i mean you got it and is there a television in here too? absolutely i mean oh cool. every comfort like of, home. The of home yeah yeah and, that, and that's one of the big benefits of the truck camper i mean we really make use of every inch in here so it's fully equipped uh fully self-contained fresh water black water gray water tanks um solar panels actually has an onboard generator propane generator um, but we've uh, actually outfitted this one with some lithium batteries, so uh, we can actually run the air conditioning off the batteries. Oh, wow. Okay. So, which is really cool. Yeah. So, you don't have to have the noise of the generator if you don't want. But, uh, yeah, this is a model uh, 855S. So, it's our uh, short bed camper with a slide out, actually. And uh, really is quite roomy and works awesome on the F-150, or actually 350. <laughs> well, one of those two. Well, those. and by the way, with with the uh, payload numbers, even F-150s have these days. I'm sure you you can get them in either. What? Yeah. How much yeah. does a camper like this weigh? It you know decked out the way it is is probably around 3,200 pounds. Okay. Dry, it's about 2,900. But but by the time you put water in it, your gear sure. in it, you're 3,200, 3,300, something well, like that. Well, a lot of the big trucks have six and seven thousand pound payloads now. So I'm sure yeah. when you guys first started, size of the camper and weight of the camper is probably a lot more important than it is today because yeah. pickup capability has gotten so good. They have. We still have to watch it. You know, we, we do all aluminum framing and try to keep the weight down as much as we can uh, because you still have to watch that payload. It, it'll creep up on you quick. Um, and then plus we all of our customers love to tow stuff sure. too. So we do you want to leave some, you know, uh, hitch tongue weight, you know, exactly, you know, reserve back yep. in there. Absolutely. Yep. So what are some of the options you can get with these, uh, with these trailer or with these campers today? And, yeah. Uh, really, the popular options is solar. You know, everybody yeah. wants to go solar. Okay. And so we've really come along in multiple solar panels, multiple lithium battery packages, things like that. Um, I'm sure we, they're probably tiered with how much reserve capacity you want. They are, yeah. But we build, we're kind of an upper tier uh, quality known manufacturer. So we build pretty much loaded units, not a lot of stripped down okay. stuff. And our customers just kind of come to expect that. So um, air conditioning, microwave are really standard options, you know, LCD TVs and that kind of stuff. So who is, are these, I guess I'm trying to figure out, the, the guy that wants to go a little deeper down the trail, Yeah. Um, and he might be used to a rooftop tent and a rack, how far can you take your truck down the road? Is it anywhere these will fit? The construction-wise, they're rugged enough for an off-road trip? Yeah, absolutely. What we like to say is the camper basically will go anywhere your truck will go. Okay. If your truck can get there, you can take the camper. Really, the limiting factor is height. 
Right. You know, you're putting up to probably 10 and a half to 11 foot height now, so you got to watch your, your overhangs with trees and stuff like yeah. that. But down normal two tracks and that kind of stuff, and that's why people like them, because you can get off the beaten path and have a really good vehicle. And then once you get there, you can take it off your truck and still have your truck to four-wheel or whatever. Yeah, so you still have the uh, the feet, the pads that come down. You can drive right out under it and leave it at the campsite, right? Absolutely. So it's all electron, uh, you know, remote control. So you can have it off the truck in about 20 minutes, no problem, and then have your truck to get to town in or four-wheel or whatever. So that yep. kind of is at least a little bit better than, say, a trailering situation where a lot of times to get to your campsite, you, you're still dragging the trailer whether or not you drop it and go do other things later. Yep, absolutely. Are yep, you guys yep. seeing uh, more modified trucks or, or, you know, is it still stock trucks king? I mean, a lot of guys like to go 35s, 37s, yeah. two, three-inch lift. Yeah. And, uh, you know, are they still saying, I'm going to do all this and do the camper? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to Jim Waters here because we're sharing a microphone because he he actually does all of our uh, plant tours oh, at okay. Lance and Lancaster and he talks to probably you know 20 30 customers okay. a week Lancaster California Lancaster by the way. California yeah. yeah absolutely yeah versus Pennsylvania yeah. Um, so uh, yeah please come out for tours and he talks to them and and stays close to the customer and probably knows what they like better than than right. anybody in the company yeah yeah hey everybody. Um, well, first off, we're sitting in a, uh, you know, on in our 850. Five super S. quiet, by the way. Outside, there's announcements, music, people, all that. You know, it's super quiet in here. So the truck we're sitting on, we're, we're sitting on 37s currently. So you know, when we build a truck and we want to get people excited, you know, yeah. that that 37. I walked up and went, man, that thing's tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Max's tires, Raceline wheels, we're on uh, supported by Hellwig suspension yep. products and Icon vehicle dynamics and. Um, you know that is really showing people that trying to get people excited that are into the modification are yeah. the guys that are you know like you said switching out the wheels and tires and bringing their trucks up a little bit yep. and as part of getting back to your first question uh as part of the overland scene and, and comes into to the fold with the uh, full-size truck bed campers we're seeing a lot more people that are doing that type of stuff yeah. uh you know getting a little bit more excited and tricking out their their vehicles definitely part of that no younger demographic that bob mentioned and then you know i mean Everybody likes a cool truck, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm kind of curious, between your older customers and your younger customers, do you see like maybe an interior option difference in terms of colors and materials? Do the younger folk, like more of a ruggedized, do you offer you know, maybe a, a rubber floor instead of you know, laminate floor, things like that? It's funny that you mentioned that. Uh, we're actually in the process of uh, testing the waters. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and a couple of our campers and, and our travel trailers as well, we just uh, released uh, new uh, interior decor packages, mm -hmm. uh, three new uh, packages for our fabrics, and as well as a big shift for us going towards some gray cabinetry and a more rustic looking floor. Yeah. So, you know, it, great question because, you know, we. We think we see that, but we we're testing the waters there yeah. and, and really putting it out there to see what people. I think it's there in the industry. I mean, I'm sure you guys are serving a weird spot because not only you're paying attention to automotive trends, you're probably paying attention to household trends and people flipping houses and what's in style for interiors and things like that. And, and the Magnolia you know, Farms. Right, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. So you kind of have to be in both places so you can capture the, the imagination. And you don't want people to come and go, oh, it's like my grandpa's trailer or something like that. You want Absolutely. it to be theirs and attract the younger customer. Yeah. But it, it's always been really important for us as a brand to, you know, position ourselves uh, with that quality perspective you know when you go in and you feel like it's not your traditional RV yeah uh, you know you guys can't see that on podcast world, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, right. that was in quotation the, the marks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you go into Lance, we really want it to elicit that feeling of more of you being at home. Right. So uh, certainly uh, correct when we're looking at, you know, the gray cabinetry is a big trend currently in, mm -hmm. in new homes. So uh, we're, we're going to gauge that and see how people are, are interested in it. So tell me a little bit about Lance as the brand and, uh, you know, 54 years. 
So let's talk about you know how Lance came to be and how the company's evolved over the years because it's a lot different today than when the brand was first started in the 50s. Yeah, it is. This is Bob again. Um, yeah, you know, as we said, we've been in business 55 years now, and it's a legacy brand. So a lot of people we talk to, yeah, my grandfather had a Lance truck camper, my dad had a Lance truck camper, and they they want to look in and check it out. So uh, we started building travel trailers in 08. So uh, that market has really exploded too, as well. Ultralight travel trailers, sure, 14 yeah. to 24 foot. Yeah. But as a legacy brand, you know, we have that challenge a lot, like you know, the Oakleys of the world yeah. and the uh, you know the Carhartts of the world. Of how do you keep your your core customer and appeal to that that younger demographic? So we're in the same situation. So the reasons for the decor changes and things like that, and even option changes. And an interesting thing in the RV world is you know the 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 core demographic. Um, if your quality wasn't perfect, it wasn't necessarily a negative thing for them. They prided themselves on fixing their own stuff. Yeah, right. No longer the case. Right. So our stuff has to be coming out of the factory top notch. They want an automotive experience. Yeah. And they don't want to carry a toolbox around. Well, so, and I get that. I totally I, get it. I've seen <clears throat> some brands um, that are really shiny and silver that uh, <laughs> a lot of Who people. Who would that be? Yeah, I wonder. And I've been less than impressed yeah. since their buyout on the quality because they're churning them out so fast. And I'm yeah. talking about like laminate strips where they cut them and then you can see the MDF behind the laminate right. just out there in the open and just yeah. that fit and finish. And uh, yeah. to me, it was really surprising because that's, that's a brand that's always been associated with quality. And so yeah. I'm really picky when I step into any of the RV stuff. I'm really curious how the build quality is. Yeah, so if you notice on ours, if you look at where the cabinets meet the ceiling yeah. and the cabinets meet the walls, there's no gimp, there's no tape, there's right. no bat to hide the 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 fault there so we have zero tolerance on that because it's all cnc cut and put together okay. so we kind of proud ourselves on that yeah the the uh the big a brand is something that as a marketing guy i hate those guys yeah right because everyone wants to partner with them right because right. they look good they're, 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 they're cool. sexy right. looking Iconic the and, decors yeah. are, are modern and yeah. cool looking and everything else i have a lot of good friends that work over there yeah but um, we kind of pride ourselves on being the quality and functionality yep. and that kind of thing to it. And we're catching them. Uh, it's, it's amazing. We Facebook fans, we're up to about 216,000 followers. Well, after this podcast, yeah. make that 300. There you go. Yeah, Perfect. Right. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> three so, million, I meant. I'm sorry, yeah. three million followers. <laughs> I'll be happy there. with 300,000. <laughs> that's good. But, you know, as a, as a small kind of niche uh, RV manufacturer known for quality, that's a pretty good following. And we do have a cult following. Our we have Lance Owners of America, and they're blue-collar engineers, and, and yeah. they love the product, and, and, and we like that brand cachet. Are you guys available nationwide outside of California? Yes, you have dealers across the, the country? Yes, sir. We have 120 uh, dealers across the country and in Canada. Okay, and yep, if yep. people wanted to find out more about the brand? Yeah, absolutely. LanceCamper.com. Okay, and, and on social as well is at LanceCamper? Absolutely, yep. And uh, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, Pinterest, and uh, check us out, and uh, we'd love to tell you all about Lance. Cool. Sounds good. Really appreciate your time, and hope you guys had a good SEMA show. Great. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Thanks. These guys are murdering us on social. No, no kidding. I'm like, hey, um, two hundred. What do you say? Two hundred sixty thousand people. Can you, uh, if I send you a link to the show, could you help a brother out? <laughs> Man, how are we being slaughtered by a uh, camper company? Uh, 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 yeah, slide in camper and travel trailers. Hey, did you uh, catch that whole little bit about Oakley? So I thought that was interesting. You know, you and I. Well, I'm a little older than you are. I think everyone. Well, maybe maybe people don't know. But I am a little older, and I was, let's see, when Oakley was red hot, brand new. You mean lava hot, like when volcanoes La and hot. Yeah. pterodactyls and all yeah, that Yeah, exactly. Hot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is probably 80, God, five, four, five, okay. six, yeah. something like that, right? With your razor blades? Something like that with your, yeah, your blades. Yeah. 
Razor blades were after, remember? It was just blades. Yeah, I, my, so you were blades. blades. My childhood, I was razor blades. No, no, no. I hated blades, <laughs> but I sold blades. I'm sure you so did. I, I, worked I think at, we talked about that Yeah, before. we worked at a surf shop, and I had the blades, and, and I thought they were the, just the dumbest-looking things ever, but oh, we could never keep them in stock. Yeah. And they were crazy. 120 bucks. This and is back in really the 80s. And they were really the first uh, customizable sunglasses, Yeah, right? you pop well, in different colors and lenses. So and you brought up Oakley because you and I don't really think of Oakley as, as being a legacy, a brand. legacy right. brand. But- and. We're he's both sitting wrong. there listening to that. He's not wrong. We're listening to that going, oh, my God, you know. Even, We're old. Even Spy. <laughs> oh, even yeah. Spy yeah. is an old brand. Now, the interesting thing is, like, kids look at Ray-Ban, and they're like, oh, this is freshy fresh. And Ray-Ban is, older oh, my God, our, our great-grandfather but, was wearing but Ray, is it, Ray-Bans. Isn't that a a look at how a brand has been able to, like, a you know, I, I know that they got bought out and all that kind of stuff, and I don't want to go down the sunglasses industry hole. But the reality is, is that's an interesting exercise in how a brand can stay relevant. I mean, well, I wouldn't say that I'm trying to do it at work, but I am trying to do it at work. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a brand that's uh, 61 years old, and we're yeah, would be murdering brand. it right now. Yeah, no, but you, you just have those. to you you got to figure out what makes young people tick. Diff covers. And, yeah. Well, it's not just diff covers. There are a lot, Lots a lot of, of things. Oh, colored diff covers. It's not just colored diff covers either. It's making making trucks. Cars lightning faster. for you. Uh, maybe. I mean, that's basically why you're hey, on the show. I will say that I am I am freaking plugged in. Where you're listening to Lithium on XM, I can't stand it. I listen to- You have to moved on. Every, I look forward to staying late at work Thursday nights because when I drive home at 9 p.m. is when Spotify play, uh, posts up their um, Friday night or new music playlist, whatever it is. Every Thursday, because Friday night at midnight is when all the bands push their new music live, sure. right? So we get at 9 p.m. Pacific, because it's midnight East Coast. I love it. I love new. I love new, new, new. Uh, speaking of new, I've got some uh, new lighting products here on our next one. All right, so uh, I am standing here in the Light Force booth. I was walking by and uh, saw a very burly bearded gentleman that made me reminded me that my barber took too much off my beard last week, and it's a little bit short right now, and so I'm a little bit disappointed, but... He drew me in with his uh, his very kind eyes and uh, his. It's crazy that he said that because I didn't even realize that you are kind of uh, more, yeah, uh, kept. Yeah, as Seema, everybody's like, you know, you don't look half bad with a shorter beard, and it, and then I'm hanging it to Aaron Kaufman, feeling like not manly enough, right? No, wait, is that an insult if you don't look half bad? So I the, don't know. Maybe do look, so. You do look half well, bad uh, ha- for sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I saw these. Uh, Looks like some new stuff over here at Life Force, including this kind of cool light that has like perimeter lighting, a bunch of little LEDs around it. I want to know more about them. Well, this uh, particular light is uh, manufactured in Australia, uh, name of the company, obviously, Life Force. Uh, what we've engineered is a dual light HID LED. You could have had him hold the mic instead of just like. Uh, he was holding the mic. Well, was he? Yeah. Oh, so it was just down by his belly button? Uh, he had a massive flowing beard, mm-hmm. so he had to hold it. For, far enough from his face that his beard wouldn't drape the mic. Right. Like, so he, it was balancing. It was, it was, and I, when I say a massive beard, he put Santa Claus to shame. Oh, so he was like ZZ Top has nothing on him? But not just ZZ Top long, but broad and thick and <laughs> just very, uh, very uh, robust. Robust, yes. Uh, it's a 50 watt HID with 80 watts of LEDs. So we have both flood and distance on this particular light. Did he have as much food in it as you keep in yours? I keep squirrels in mine. Okay. One housing. In one housing, that is correct. Everything is incorporated into the housing of the light with an extremely sleek profile. So on this particular light, it's basically a bolt plug and go. 
Uh, one of the neat features of the light is the dual switch system, so you can have access to either the LEDs or the HIDs or run them both at the same time. Uh, on the HID, uh, we're running a distance of just a little bit over 1,800 yards. On oh my the, gosh. On the, on the uh, HID component. That's pretty and damn good. the LEDs are running a 400-yard flood. Awesome. Awesome. So you can definitely carry some speed and not overdrive your, your Most lights. Most definitely, yeah. It's a very sleek product. Again, Gore-Tex breather system. We run a uh, Deutsch connector uh, uh, system on the light, so it's a waterproofing membrane, so you're not never going to run into water ingress or any yep. situations of that nature. Have that uh, cloudy uh, light in the middle of a hot day or something Most like definitely. that. Most uh, definitely. Another neat feature that we have on this particular light is it does have interchangeable covers, okay. uh, which is very unique to the LightForce product line. Uh, this particular one has, uh, all the lenses are made out of Lexan, same material they make uh, NASCAR windshields yep. out of, so it's impervious to the impact. So it has the lens. Why would that be important off-road? Does anybody yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly right. <laughs> yeah, the lights uh, in the U.S. market come with a clear filter and a black cover. So the yep. states that require the black cover, you're already covered right <laughs> California. <coughs> yes, yes, California. Exactly. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yes. Uh, but we also have uh, color covers that will actually change the beam pattern of the uh, spot. Oh, so itself. it has some sort of optic in the cover? In the, in the cover. It has some fluting that actually creates a 68-degree flood. Oh, wow. Okay. So Very you cool. lose about 30% of the throw yeah. in regards to the distance. But when you're dealing with 1,800 yards, you could lose You probably a have a little reserve still, capacity. It'll be safe to see down the, down the course. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Uh, we uh, soon will be manufacturing those covers in amber, yellow, and blue as well. Yellow okay. for the dust, uh, amber for, or pardon me, amber for the dust, yellow for the fog, and blue for snow where permitted. Okay. Uh, so that uh, helps just the entire driving uh, enhancement of the sure. product. Very cool. And that's uh, the, the name of that is your new HTX2? HTX2. Very cool. And. Uh, What's a little bit of the history of Lightforce, the company? Obviously, an Australian company. Australian company. The owner uh, actually started manufacturing handheld lights. Okay. Ironically enough, for uh, predator hunting in Australia. Really? Uh, and one. By day, the way, Australia has a lot of predators. Yes, they do. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of different species down oh, there. Yes. They have to take care of. Um, one day he was. Uh, using bailing twine to put the light on the front of the vehicle and his friend goes why don't you make a mount for that <laughs> you know. so simple right yeah and then uh, the light force driving light systems were born very cool and then you guys have been in the u.s for how long we've been in the u.s for uh 25 years but most of that has been with our sister company night force optics or scope yeah. company so we make uh the uh probably one of the best rifle scopes in the world and we accompany that as uh, with the, one of the best driving lights in the world as well. Huh. Might be uh, good on my AR. Exactly, exactly <laughs> yes. Got yeah, something for my Jeep and something for my AR. I knew I loved you guys for a reason. <laughs> so if uh, you wanted to go and find out more about Lightforce, uh, lightforce.com? Yeah, lightforce.com, exactly. All right, well, appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, appreciate right. it. It's not one of the brands that you uh, just comes to mind, you know? I mean, you think of uh, Vision X or... Uh, uh, rigid or uh, KC Baja Design. Baja Design, yeah. yeah. So I mean, they they actually, you know, they're gonna have to put in some legwork to uh, to break. Well, they've into been this here twenty five years. They, uh, they're, no, they're, I know, they're no, but they're not. But they're, they're not, not a go to. No, no, no. They are. Are they just not for what you're thinking of? You know, this is more of the SoCal pompousness and desert and all that kind of stuff. Am I just being a dick right yeah, now? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. No, Light Force is well known. They're huge in the again overlanding side of it or explore, uh, exploration side of things. Um, okay. No, they're de they're definitely a name out there. And who, pray tell, is next? Well, we're going to continue our uh, journey through the world of overlanding on uh, this episode. And we have a really interesting company called RLD Design out of South Africa. 
that makes a killer like uh, truck shell, but it's not like the fiberglass of like you know the stuff you'd find here. It's super heavy duty, has a lot of neat features. So let's uh, let's play that one. Okay, so uh, I was up in the uh, upper South Hall and I uh, see Rian standing next to an RLD design booth, and you have a, a pretty unique, um, I guess a, a, a topper solution, a cap for pickup truck beds. But when you walk by, it's sort of unique and it's just got shape to it and then you realize it's made out of stainless steel. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, stainless steel, the, the absolutely the right product to, to use in an application like this. Um, so what we've done here, we've engineered it so that you've got a very strong product that um, can carry a lot of load on the roof and it's also light on the application to protect your bed rail on your, on your truck. So great for the, those guys who work truck application or an adventure off-road that's going to carry payload and you don't want the, the topper taking away from it. But you have a really impressive dynamic load for the roof as well because it's made out of stainless steel. So you're talking, you know, a rooftop tent with a family in it and you wouldn't have to worry about the, the roof collapsing on the, ca on the uh, top. Absolutely. That's, that's what it's all about. You've got you've to have the topper carry weight while you're driving. Um, to have a load cap capability stationary spec doesn't make sense. You've, right. You've, you still you're carry driving. Places. Yeah, yeah, you're driving with the vehicle. Yeah, with most your... places are like, you know, 250 pounds, uh, you know, static. But you guys absolutely. have absolutely killed that on the dynamic number. Absolutely. Oh, that's all um, being, uh, caused by the, the structural integrity uh, of the stainless steel um, being bent on a multi-axis CNC machine. Um, so we obtain a, a very aesthetic look on that um, while adding strength to the product. Very cool. So how, how much weight does the typical uh, shell carry on the roof? Uh, uh, 750 pounds dynamic. 700. By the way, you hear the, uh, the gonging in the background? It sounds like you're in Grand Central Station, yes. That is uh, Ranch Hand Bumpers had a 200-pound uh, hammer mm -hmm. that I think once every half hour, every hour, people could come and watch it bash into their new uh, midnight finish or whatever uh, bumpers and show how uh, durable it was and, it, and the coating was so good it didn't leave a mark. So you'd hear that and then you'd go to their booth and it had this big like acrylic fish tank giant, like probably 10 by 10. Is that like what 10, was in there? That's what was in there. I thought, they were, doing a, I thought they were doing a cash grab in yeah, there. That's what it, it was almost what it sounded yeah. like, right? Yeah. Uh, 750 pounds dynamic. 750 pounds dynamic. That's yes. a huge number. Yes. It's a huge number. Wow. And because of the structural rigidity and the lightness, you don't have to worry about damaging your truck. And then it looks like you also have some racking systems inside to kind of keep stuff above where you would keep the cargo in order to free up the pickup bed space and use the space above the bed rails. Absolutely. What, what we've designed is a whole modular system. So you can start off with the topper or the canopy, and then as the need increases or your need increases to expand on your, um, your buy-in, Sure. You can add the modular products like the kitchen unit, the, the crate slider, uh, there's a roof mounted table, the flat rack, the RLD flat rack. We've got a modular draw system. But just to come back to the protection of your bed rail, um, most of our canopies fit with a bracket that is bolted to the OEM points right. inside the load bin. Which what happens is that they start to flex. Actually what happens is you lift the canopy off the bed rail and only the gasket seal that we put onto the canopy seals on the bed rail. So the canopy does not rest on the bed rail. Your, your canopy, not the competitor, correct? That's correct, yes, yeah. absolutely. 
Very cool. And uh, people can go to rldesignusa.com? Absolutely, yeah. And, and these were developed in South Africa? Yeah, developed in South Africa. We started August 2014 and um, since then grown immensely and uh, yeah, keep on in inventing. Very cool. And uh, you guys have all of the U.S. Uh, major truck applications covered at this point? Absolutely. Mid-size trucks and not only the latest models, mid-size, uh, full-size trucks as well and then uh, running across all brands. And then brand new to the lineup is the Gladiator, the Jeep Gladiator. And then uh, also some new stuff coming next year. Awesome, well check out rldesignusa.com if you're looking for a really unique, but ultra-functional, uh you know, basically topper as a camper shell. I kind of don't want to call it a shell even though that's what it is because I feel like it's so much more than that. So I'm having struggling Absolutely, to call it, yes. I guess you guys call it canopies in South Africa, right? That's correct, yeah. So uh, if you're looking for a really unique, kind of cool design, but you have the need for a really high dynamic payload, rldesignusa.com. Thank you very much. Right, thank you. So think about that, 750 pounds dynamic. So most manufacturers say our roof has a 150 pound, 200 pound rating. Right. Typically that's static. That's just parked. These guys are doing 750 dynamic. Typically, dynamic is way lower than static. So that's so a that's crazy just, number. Uh, that's just uh, you and me. Uh, you, me, and a tent. Uh, <laughs> and uh, while it's driving, we would not crush anything. Gotcha. No, these uh, camper shells are awesome. They're uh, formed. They sort of have a little bit of design. You can get windows in them. The longer beds have two uh, doors on either side. It's just a really unique look. They're stainless steel, something that's totally different. If you have a need... Uh, for secure storage on top of your bed mm -hmm. um, and something really sturdy because you have to carry a ladder, a rack, a rooftop tent, any of that, definitely check these guys out. Who's next? Uh, okay, so this is uh, the Cadillac. Do we still have one more episode after this? Yeah, we do. You're on fire. All right, so uh, we're going to go visit because we're keeping <laughs> in with our, our overlanding theme right uh, now. Yeah, all right. Uh, so this is going to be James Baroud, which makes the uh, what I would call the Cadillac or in our world maybe the Denali. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would uh, be the would that, would that be it? or the sure. the platinum. Yeah, I like the, the platinum. The better. limited, no platinum. The platinum reserve. Yes, oh, platinum. Uh, yeah. This is the platinum reserve of hard shell rooftop tents. All right, so I'm here with uh, Craig Davidson in the James Baroud booth, and any of you who uh, are into overlanding, obviously a huge theme here at at this year's SEMA show. James Baroud is the maker of really the most premium and best hard shell rooftop tent. So if you've ever used a rooftop tent that has the fabric cover that you zipper over and you had to deal with all that. Uh, and you've seen somebody with the, uh, you know, a hard box and then they go, you know, to the campsite and pop it up. It's probably a James Baroud. Uh, they are awesome. It's definitely the rooftop tent that I've always coveted. So uh, tell us more about your, your new lineup for, uh, for 2019, 2020. Yeah, okay. Basically, the tents are pretty much still the same with the fiberglass, three layers of a fiberglass gel coat, uh, completely 100% waterproof, UV protected. Um, you know, pretty much that. We got the solar fan that comes standard with all hard shell tents. It's awesome. Uh, it comes with a flashlight also and a light in there for And reading. I also love how you can leave your bedding in there and That's collapse it all down. Too, leave yeah. your pillows, leave your blankets in there. And yeah. so you don't have to pack everything up every night when you go to move to your next location. I mean, these exactly. tents are ultra, ultra comfortable. Yeah, it's a great thing about it because you got six inches of room in there. So like I said, you can keep everything in there. Um, one of the newer things that we have now is we actually have a tunnel awning. Um, so that gives you the option of going in there when it's raining, coming out yeah. of your tent in the rain, not getting wet. So that's something you know new that came out and it's Very uh, cool. really great to have. I mean, you can get it to come with the awning itself, 
then you can close it in. You actually have like another room. You know, you're sure. inside the room in the bad weather. Yep. Climb up in your tent. And, and you're now good you're to go. Yeah, yeah. You now you're all nice tonight. Mm-hmm. I also love how these tents, obviously with the hard shell and the fan, you don't get all the condensation and stuff like that. And in snow, a lot of times with the fabric tents, they get heavy. Right. And then the uh, the spring pulls that come out, mm-hmm. you can get wonky. This can support that. And it's at an angle when you pop it up. So you don't have a flat roof, which is nice because it all slides off. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's one thing about our uh, material also for our uh, mattress. It's closed cell foam. So that keeps moisture from building up. Yep. And, you know, there's also another option too. You can get a pad, a comfort pad that we offer also that's set underneath there too to even help that a little bit more. And like I say, the fan keeps the air moving. And that material, like I said, it's 100% waterproof. And most waterproof things, you know how you get on and you get all clammy yeah, and sticky exactly. you're wearing that raincoat, that's breathable. Right. So that keeps everything going, circulating. Now, what sizes do the tents come in? Uh, you got the standard size, which is 79 by 55. Then you have the XXL versions, 89 by 65. I mean, after uh, my week of eating food in Vegas, I uh, I think I'll take an XXL. Yeah. Uh, and do they come in different colors? How many colors do you have? Yeah, uh, the standard color, of course, is white. Yep. And then- How much did you eat when you were in Vegas? Because I did not eat. All right, we I had this conversation. And right. I didn't eat lunch, I, but the dinners were, were absurd. Huge. Okay, so here's the deal. You and I talked about I this. I am still You bloated. told me that I'm I was going to be bloated. fatter when I came back, even though I walked and did all that because you said my heart rate wasn't high enough. I think you did come back uh, probably a pound up. Porky. Because I, I didn't have breakfast, uh, breakfast. I don't think I had breakfast any of the days. Right. I had lunch only one of the days, and then pretty big dinners at night with a lot of drinking. Let I me mean, tell you a, the, lot, a lot of, I mean, drinks. Let me like tell hydrating, you what my, hydrating. My, so I would get to the booth in the morning. Uh, one morning, I had a croissant, because okay. there was a food well, truck. that's fattening. Yeah. Uh, it was, well, hold on. It was a, it was a croissant with egg and egg. cheese yep, yep. And, and all the crap on it. Yeah, right? so that doesn't, that's so that was helping. That was the first morning. Then the rest of the mornings, um, I ate... Two chocolate chip cookies for breakfast. Okay, that's horrible. I ate two sugar cookies for What's lunch. What's wrong with you? I didn't even do I that. I had how many sodas did you have? At least three a day. I had zero sodas the I, entire I time had I was there. At least three sodas a day zero. and a couple of waters. They had no Dr Pepper because it was a damn Pepsi place. I had uh, those mini bags. Okay, of nobody M&Ms. cares what you had. What did I'm you come back you, with? Like, Were you up or down? I didn't weigh myself yet. I was down one pound. I've only. No way. Yeah, I weighed myself this morning because I knew we were going to have this tonight. Really? Yep, down one pound. I feel like I'm up four. <laughs> you I look know. like I'm, you're up I, six. I, I, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have- Sort of a signature for you guys. Exactly, yeah. Then you have gray and black. And then now, as an option also, you can actually get colors off the RAL chart. Oh, okay. Very and cool. And you can pick a color to match your vehicle oh, yeah, yeah. You know, or your trailer or whatever you have it on there. And then uh, how many- uh, uh, how long does it take to set up the tent? Just I think if anybody's used to a traditional rooftop tent where you have to fold it out, usually there's a lot of different yeah. steps. Um, these tents here, you know, as quick as you can get around the vehicle, you can set the tent up. You go to the back of the tent. You always open the back up first. Pop those clamps. Tent pops up. Go around the front. Open it, you know, the front up. It goes up. Reach in there, and then you just uh, the hinges are. Um, on a, like a, it's like your knee joint. Yeah. You just pop it in like you would hyperextend your knee. It's locked in That's place. That's it. Yeah. Very cool. What are some of the other products that you guys have coming out? Uh, what well, we have, like I said, we have the shoe bags um, that you can actually, when you climb up in there, so you don't have to put your muddy, dirty shoes yep. inside the tent. You can take your shoes off, hangs right off the ladder, put your shoe in there. Perfect. Uh, for the guy and gal that likes to watch TV on their iPad, there's a uh, cover in there where you can 
put under your roof of your tent, put your iPad oh, that's in cool. there, and sit there and watch TV while you're getting ready to go to bed. Now we're talking. That, that's <laughs> yeah. that's my jam right there. Yeah. You know, watch a little, watch, watch a little, uh, you know, a Motor Trend on demand uh, before yeah. bedtime. Yeah. Very cool. And nice if plug. Want to, you like uh, find out more? Order it. Is it Dealer Network or directly you guys? Uh, no, we actually have. We don't order directly from James Brew itself. We have dealers and distributors okay. throughout the country. So the best thing is to go on jamesbrewed.com and you hit reseller, and then you'll have a whole list of the uh, All the resellers, resellers yeah. Sellers. So it's yeah. James Brood, B-A-R-O-U-D.com. .com. Check them out. Like I said, this, these guys are known for making one of the most premium tents out there, and, and for those, those of you either looking to get into overlanding, or if you've been in the space a while, you're very aware of the brand, but these things are awesome, so, so check them out if it's something that you think you'll, uh, you'll enjoy down the road. So appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having us. Things sounds like a uh, Swiss Army knife. Yeah, so they're really cool. They're either uh, like two clamshells that go pop straight up, mm -hmm. or they open up like a triangle, you know, like just the top angles up. And uh, they're super compact and just really, really uh, well made. And that was, uh, th these are stainless, right? Uh, fiberglass. Oh, they're fiberglass. These are fiberglass. Yep. Got it. Yeah, fiberglass gel coat. You can get them in all sorts of colors. Best fabrics, best mattress material. If you've never uh, slept on one. This is like, you know, you would go camping for two weeks if you had something like this. Wow. And you could pop it up, pop it down in like, you know, f a minute. Wow. So it's, you don't have to do it's all the deals. It's not spring-loaded, right? It's just the it, way no, it it's... has a, uh, uh, I believe it has like a pneumatic shock, that like oh. air shock that helps it go up and stuff. Gotcha. And then what's cool is they have, you probably heard them talking about it, but the uh, solar panel, uh, solar-powered fans. Mm -hmm. And so basically to ventilate your tent at night in warm climate or during the day, it's a solar-powered fan. It'll run all night long and just sucks the air right out. Wow, that's very cool. So yeah. for that price, I'm buying a tent or a Nissan hardbody that will take us to uh, the Gambler 500. Oh, I'm going for tent. Really? Yeah, I like to be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> all right, looks like uh, we've got uh, Switch Pros next. Nope, nope. This is the end of this show. Well, Switch Pros is in the next episode. Yes, it then. is. So, oh, uh, no. How about we end this one? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then... Oh my gosh. And then I'll see you in, uh, tomorrow, but really in like five minutes when we do uh, part three of SEMA. Oh my God. This is the never ending series of episodes. Truck Show! The Truck Show! The Truck Show! The Truck Show! Oh, oh. All right, uh, don't forget to hit us up on our show. Yeah, our socials. We're not even going to edit that, are we? No. All right. Don't forget to hit us up on our <laughs> social, at Truck Show Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, I mean, look, I've got to, we got to get into another episode. I, I, well, I know. It's, uh, it's like a marathon session right, right now. now. It's if late. We, should we actually say? We should say. It's one seventeen in the morning <laughs> It is one seventeen right in the morning. Wait, wait. On a Sunday. Oh, my God. Seriously, what's wrong with us? This is how much we love you guys. <laughs> Lightning literally drove back from Vegas today, <laughs> yeah. called me and said, Hey, I want to hang out with my my family on sa on Sunday, uh, dude. My kid all all week. One seventeen Sunday been morning. Saying, I want to go to the skate park. I want to go yep, to the skate yep. park. We take him. I said, Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely forgot about the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, No, no problem. Well, and you and I had talked about it doing it. You know, on a we're going to do it afternoon. tomorrow night. Yeah, or like, tomorrow afternoon. I just can't, I don't want to do it on a Sunday, dude. Because right. I got to go to work Monday. You're going to blow off work, but I got to go. No, no, no. I'll be working. All right. So it's one seventeen right now. We still have another episode to do, so we won't be done till like three in the morning. <laughs> but that's how much we love our podcast listeners. That's and, how much we love Nissan and Decked. Mm -hmm. By the way, how many you we have like. 
three or four empty cans of uh, Dr Pepper around here, and I I'm don't feel about like to crack another. I was gonna one. say I don't feel like it's enough. <laughs> I need a I need a monster. Though. I'm I'm fading quick. Hey, you know what we haven't done? Thank Nissan. Uh, well, you, you just did. Nissan, well, thank yeah. you. Presenting sponsor, Dex, loved you. Five you guys year, awesome. one hundred thousand mile warranty, best in the business. Both of you are awesome at SEMA. And by the way, yeah, both of you are in. Episode, episode number three, three of SEMA. Yeah, yeah. part three. Um, all right, uh, 657-205-6105. Leave us some voicemails or something. Truckshowpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Do some you things. You can't just give up. We got another one to go. That's why I'm trying to get rid of this one so we all can right. get on to the next one. All right. Uh, Ready, set, next. See you tomorrow.